Well, Father's Day is this Sunday, (laughs) and it's a good reminder to us that our world needs real men. Of course, real man can be defined in a lot of ways. This morning, we're looking forward to hearing how Brant Hansen defines it. This radio host, podcaster, author, and dad is the writer of a book called The Men We Need. And we're revisiting a conversation with Brant this morning. Brant, love to hear a little bit of your spiritual journey, how you came to know Jesus. Actually, my dad was a pastor for a long time. We went through a lot growing up. It was actually a broken home. But I'm a very skeptical person, and my skepticism (laughs) brought me back around to Jesus. Uh, I don't think anybody else makes sense. Like, hmm. he's the only one who actually acknowledges our brokenness, the sin problem we have, and then actually does something about it. And I don't know how I would live without that. It's kind of a weird journey. I'm also on the autism spectrum, and so is my son. That kind of shapes who I am Hmm. as well. And I see things probably differently because of that. But I've, I've written about that, like, as a believer, like, for people who are on the spectrum, like why Jesus is so compelling. What did God use? So you, you grew up in a pastor's home, but you grapple, you probably strayed a bit. You had to kind of come to that grips back to yourself. What was that window of time, that person maybe that he used or that situation in life that kind of brought you to that final conclusion of like, okay, I'm going to follow Jesus. In college, I took a lot of courses on all sorts of issues and some of them were overtly to destroy my faith. Like they were designed that way. I I went to the University of Illinois, some of the religious studies programs or whatnot, but I'll never forget Like they would apply this historical criticism to the Bible. And I looked ahead to the the discussion of the resurrection in the Bible, I looked in the syllabus and the whole time they're like, we need to use the tools of historians to look at all the Bible. It's all through a historical lens. So I studied up on evidences for Jesus' resurrection. I thought, well, this is going to be a great discussion. I'm going to argue the Christian side. And that morning in class, he said, you know what? Sometimes we don't need to look at things historically. We just should look at things just metaphorically. And you know, like, wait, 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 wait. This is either the biggest event or non-event in the history of mankind. Right. Suddenly you want the historical analysis. Like, I can't believe this. So I don't think anything strengthened my faith more than that particular day. But I'm like, you know what? I've really made it more about him than than church culture or anything like that. Like, he's so compelling. I'm in it for him. You're an author, and we wanted to talk this morning about your book. It's called The Men We Need. I love that title. What led you to write one specifically on men right now? My producer on my radio show encouraged me to write it because whenever I would talk about it, especially younger guys would respond. But because she grew up, everybody was in her family. The men are athletes and hunters and fishermen and like they're they're guys, guys. And I'm not like I play the accordion. I'm on the autism spectrum. Like I said, I play the flute for crying out loud. Like, but what she was struck by was when as soon as she was in our home, she's like, your daughter and your wife feel so secure. Like they flourish because of the tone that you set. And she really encouraged me to write about it. So the other thing that made me want to write about this is there's a lot of deconstructive books about masculinity and like what it's not and what's gone wrong. And I appreciate that, but it's easier to deconstruct than it is to construct something beautiful. Like it's like building Duplo or Lego towers with my kids. Like I take a while. And then, but to just knock it over, that takes one second. I appreciate deconstruction, but I also even more appreciate construction. I was like, so who's going to say what masculinity is distinctly, what it is at its best? And I'm taking a shot at that with this book. I'm trying to explain this is what it actually is. So that, especially guys, but women too, 
feel like you just got the puzzle pieces, but not the box top. I'm trying to show you at least what I understand is the very essence of masculinity at its best. And when we fail to do it, we're failing as men. And when we hit it, like we're hitting it. And that is the job that God gave Adam. He did not give Eve. It's to be the keeper of the garden. So I, I kind of ramp on that. Brent, you talked about the deconstruction that, that goes on and with men and masculinity. And as you think about the caricature that the current culture is creating of men, how do you see the culture right now characterizing men? There's various things going on, but like a typical guy has an idea that I'm supposed to look like a guy on one of the fitness magazines. But then also our culture just kind of makes fun of men and doesn't know what to do with us at all. There's various caricatures going on. Yeah. And plenty of them negative, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. But it's really interesting to me. I don't know whether he's a good guy or a bad guy. I have no idea. But I think it's fascinating that in our minds, we think, you know what women will find attractive and really manly and masculine is a certain image of that guy. And he's ripped, you know, he's Jack, the guy who's the most attractive man in the world right now. There is actually a consensus on this. Like if you read the headlines, there's one guy that people cross culturally, different ethnicities, different nations right now, women in particular are swooning over. And it's Vladimir Zelensky from Ukraine. Mm. They're going wild over him. And you can you like, look it up. It's like the, he's the global heartthrob. He's five foot seven, average looking dude. If you encountered him like at the tire shop, you would not think twice. Like, why is he so wildly attractive? And I think it's because, because women see, and men do too, and we respect it, see him acting as a keeper of his garden in his sphere of influence. And he's saying, we are going to protect the women and children, the vulnerable, and I'm going to defend our homes, whatever it takes. People resonate with that. Again, it gets back to this job that Adam was given specifically. Brent, you've mentioned a couple of times this morning, this concept of keeper of the garden. What do you mean by that? And how does that articulate how you would define masculinity? So this is the job that Adam's given, and it's not given to Eve. She's given this other job, the Acer or the E-Z-E-R. And, and sometimes that's translated helpmate, but that doesn't really get it. Like when it, it's used the rest of the Old Testament, they don't translate it that way. It's translated like rescuer. So Eve's job is fundamental and central. So is Adam's. What's wild though, Adam's given this job. He's right with Eve while she's being tempted. If you look in the text, I always thought he was like way far away doing something. Yeah, he's right there. He's allowing her to be tempted by this serpent. And then she has to hand them the fruit. He's so passive. He's not doing his job. So they're both cursed because they both rebelled against God. They both get individual curses. So they're both held responsible. But what does God do when he comes into the garden? The first thing is he doesn't say anything about Eve. He says, Adam, where are you? And we know, like you can get into the word study. It means protector. It means that you're watching over. Uh, and it also means, we know this, that you're cultivating and you're, you're allowing the species in this. And so I, I do feel like that's still our role. And we all have our own gardens, our own sphere of influence. And what I'm supposed to do is allow the vulnerable around me to flourish, to create and protect that space, and also to be an agent of that flourishing. So I'm, I'm not cutting my wife down with my words. I'm building her up. Same thing with my kids. They feel secure with me and the people around me feel more secure because I'm taking this role seriously so that they can flourish. That's just kind of a 
starting idea what that keeper of the garden role is. But man, do families or kids and women respond to a guy who is like that? Brandon, we talk about this concept. What's some practicalities of what it looks like for a man to be a man and be a keeper of his garden? I've got six decisions in the book that are to that end. So I lay out the keeper of the garden idea why it's such a big deal, and then six ways that we do that. First one I'm talking about, especially for now, you know this, my first decision is forsake the fake and relish the real. We can't become virtual. Like that can't be our lives. We have to actually show up. And this is a huge issue. You know this, like I love video games. Like I love them. I can sit there and play for 18 hours and I realize time has gone by. I'm like, wait, the sun went up, the sun went down. I'm still sitting here like, it's amazingly fun. But I'm trying to tell guys like, that's part of the problem. See, we get these dopamine hits from fake stuff. It can be video games. It can be pornography. It can be all sorts of fake relationships. It all looks like the real thing. You feel like you're having an adventure. It's the old switcheroo. We can't do that. And and, and having a flesh and blood relationship with a real woman will call you out to grow up Hmm. versus a fake one. That's just like one of them. Practically, though, I'm trying to tell guys, too, because what they'll think I'm saying when I'm talking about being a protector They'll think, okay, yeah, okay, I got a gun. Anybody who tries to intrude in the house, I'll take them out. Nobody messes with my family. Like, but most of the time, people aren't intruding into your house. Most of the time, the, the intruder is you because of your words. So you want to create this space where people flourish. That's an everyday thing where you are building them up with your words. And for a lot of guys, that's a struggle. But once we become aware of it and we realize that this is our rule, it's actually really life-giving, not just to them, but to us. Brent, you just sobered a lot of us men up there a few moments ago with that statement when you said the intruder is you. When I first encountered that idea, too, I felt the same way. Like, wait a second. But that is good to know. It's not a guilt trip, though. It's an opportunity. Right. Like when the light comes on and I realize, oh, you know what? I've never really understood exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, like my role. As I have bought into this idea that, wait, this is my role. I'm supposed to be a keeper of the garden. It's just helped me. Like, and there's no reason to st- like to go, well, I've always been bad at this, so I'm not going to start now. No, you can start today. Right. It's interesting to think that, and I think it's probably true what you're saying is, you know, there's a lot, a lot of things that, uh, you know, are wise and children can be concerned about and could create insecurity and fear among them, but to yes. recognize that uh, we could be part of what creates insecurity and fear and protecting them could be from us by being willing to, to make the hard decisions and be the men that God called us to be. That's it. Any guy who's listening to this, for example, and I said this in the book too, any guy that's reading this and says, you know what, I need to make some changes has my respect. Repentance is so rare. I think it's why Jesus said, he said it twice. If just one of you will repent, all of heaven will party. And he's saying that to a crowd. If just one of it, because humans just don't do that. We always justify everything we've always done. And so to be humble enough to go, hey, actually, you know what? I'm going to be different. You just have my total respect as a man. Brandon, in my mind, I think in our culture today, I think there's this thought that kind of reducing men will raise up women. I love your thoughts on that. No, it's so not true. It's, it's, it's terrible for women. When guys don't know what their role is and we don't celebrate it, we stigmatize the best things. And then we don't stigmatize the horrible things. Like it's, But I think what's happened is you can be toxic as a toxic masculine guy, like by being domineering and hurtful and all that. We know that. But there's this toxic passivity too, where if a guy just dives into video games, doesn't show up with, for his family or in culture, we just kind of disappear from what we're supposed to do. Women have no choice but to step up and fill these roles. 
And that's stressful and anxiety producing and depressing. When guys vacate, everybody's less secure. When young guys aren't told that this is your role, you're supposed to be a protector. You're not even told that. So you're in your physical prime. Maybe you're 20, 22 years old. You're athletic prime. At that age, you're given a desire to take risks. What I'm trying to say in this book is your neighborhood, instead of seeing a 22-year-old walking around outside and going, oh, no, they should feel safer because you're there. Like, oh, I'm so glad we have young men in this neighborhood. Because you're in your, that, that desire to take risks and do things is for a reason. It's so that you can start a family or you can, you can defend the village. You can do, like, that's for a reason. But instead, we don't give anybody a vision for masculinity like this to say you're supposed to be. So they don't know what to do with it. Wow, Brant, thank you. Uh, the time we've gotten to spend with you has been really special, and especially as we head into uh, this Father's Day weekend. Thanks for helping us think about some important things and for laying out a picture of what our world really needs us men to be. Yes, thank you so much. God bless you.